Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hi, it's officially Thursday morning here on The Fan. Just to reset a little bit as we'll continue with your calls for the next two hours. Going till 2 a.m., Brian Rascona will take you through the overnight on this Thursday morning. Yankees get a win. And this is why, you know, Brian Cashman had comments. He met the media today before the game and was talking about if you want to convict somebody, convict me. So, of course, it's our show. What do you think we did? We convicted Brian Cashman. And I've been doing so for two years, saying that this is his fault. Again, not that he's a bad general manager, just that it's time for change. Anyway, we know Brian Cashman isn't going anywhere, so it's a moot point to discuss that. But all his answers are basically hope and wait for these guys to come back that are hurt and and they'll produce and don't give up on us. And he's right because, and, and tonight is proof of that, even when the Yankees are bad, they still win 90 games and get themselves to the postseason. The Yankees still win two out of three against Cleveland, even though they're losing guys left and right. You look at their lineup, it's an embarrassment, and they still find a way to win two out of three. However, the next you know, 14 games, let's say, because uh, you want to extend it to the four in Toronto, could be very telling. Now, I know they're supposed to get Judge back. Um, you know, May 8th is when he's eligible, that Monday against the A's, but he's going to miss this weekend series at the Trop which could be a problem. I mean, the Rays just never lose. Yankees right now in last place, eight and a half games back, and then they have seven of their next ten games with the Rays, and then after that, four in Toronto. This is a very, very important early stretch in May, and the Yankees are nowhere near whole. That's a problem. So they're trying to keep their head above water. At some point, I know it doesn't happen very often to the Yankees, at some point, you might drown. And let's see if they could avoid that uh, over these next you know, 14 days or so with the off day today now, off day Thursday, before taking on the Rays for three uh, at the Trop. The other story is, of course, the Mets, who got swept in a doubleheader by the Tigers. And the Mets doing things that they have not, um, you know, that they didn't do all last year. Not only losing series, but losing three straight series. Two, uh, losing two or three to the Nats. Two of three to the Braves in a disjointed series, you know, with the rainouts and all that stuff in the doubleheader, and then 
getting swept in a doubleheader. They have not been swept in their last 25 doubleheaders prior to last night's doubleheader sweep. And it means that they guaranteed a losing series to the Tigers, trying to avoid the sweep with Justin Verlander making his Mets debut later on this afternoon. So it has not been pretty. But even worse than the Mets' results has been Max Scherzer. And it was supposed to be a start of a new kind of season for the Mets where they themselves held their head above water, even with all the issues in that starting rotation, until Scherzer and Verlander were going to be back, pitching back-to-back in that rotation. Well, Scherzer went in Game 2 last night after a horrible loss in Game 1 without Avino blowing that game. And Scherzer just got lit up to a point where you have to be concerned about Max Scherzer dating back to last year. The start against the Braves, unacceptable, and it cost the Mets. The start against the Padres in the postseason, obviously a a huge blow to that series. And then you look at him this year, he hasn't been very good. The majority of the year has not been Max Scherzer-like. And then his first game back, his velocity, in his words, was down a tick. And he didn't really have any answers for it. Three and a third? Three and a third and six runs against the Detroit Tigers from Max Scherzer? That's alarming, to say the least. And if he doesn't go out there and dominate the Cincinnati Reds in his next start, then it is a major problem for the Mets. Because now we're talking about you know approaching mid-May here, and Max Scherzer has not been Max Scherzer. And now we get to see what Justin Verlander is going to bring to the table because he was dealing with what he called a minor issue, and the first time we're going to see him in a match uniform is on May 4th. The big difference between... Well, there are two big differences between the Mets and the Yankees. Number one, the Yankees have sustained success for a very, very, very long time. They have earned the trust of the fan base. They have earned that respect to where even if it's a bad year, it's generally 90 wins in a playoff spot. The Mets have not. The other difference is the Yankees have been ravaged by injury. While it's not an excuse, and while other teams, including the Mets, have been hit hard by injury, the Yankees are nowhere near whole. The Mets lineup is basically whole. Outside of Narvaez, the Mets lineup is basically whole. What's their excuse? And now with Scherzer and Verlander back, this is about as complete as you can hope for you know, in early May. All right, no Quintana. Obviously, Diaz injury, but forget that. That's, you know, unfortunately it happened, but he's not part of the team this year. He doesn't count because they lost him before the season. But they're as close to hole as you can be. They better start winning some games. Eric is calling from Ron Conkema. What's up, Eric? Hey, Sal. Good evening. You know, it sounds like a little taste of the overnight, but I can certainly attest to one of the previous calls, which will remain uh, unnamed there. I, I can, I, I know that whole history there. I but, mean, uh, can I just tell you the truth, though, Eric? I don't like, I mean, I don't know if you guys believe this or not. Now, you you and I, I know you, obviously, you've called for a long time. You know, we talk off the air. Yeah, you don't want to yell at anyone. I, I don't. I don't right. like doing it. 
They, yeah. they are, if an antagonist calls me, I am not going to sit here and take it. I am going yeah. to punch back. That is just how I am built. So I'm not going to be talked down to by anybody, not off the air, not on the air. Certainly not Jimmy in Jersey City, who does it yeah. all the time. And I had enough yeah. for no reason. Like, dude, you right. want to talk about sports. You listen to the show. You want to talk about sports. Call and talk about sports. So I don't right. like that it has to go there. But unfortunately, sometimes he wants to bring it there, and that's it. And that's why I don't want to talk to him anymore because I don't yeah, want to no, do that. I, I want to talk about sports. Yeah. Okay. If I, I want to talk about the mess, but if I can touch on the on the Cashman thing, look, you know, I, I think the majority of the people know that Cashman's not going anywhere. But but the, I think a big part of the the, the big uh, factor is that being a fan means you're you're emotional. There's a lot of emotion involved in being a fan, so that's why there's a lot of people calling for these guys' jobs. It's not going to happen. I think most people know that, but I, th- I think that's that's you got to factor that in when when uh, you know people talk about it. So I you know that that's for for, for those who say oh, oh well you know get over it. it's not going to happen. Emotion is a big part of this. That's that's the, the point of being a fan. But um, right. which which leads me to again where we're going with the mess here. Now you know we're, we're supposed like to, to be look fans yeah. are supposed to be emotional. Fanatic. <laughs> emotional and irrational. Like, that's just yes. the part of it. So people say, oh, you guys are nuts. Yeah, we are. We're sports fans. Think about what we're talking about. This is not life you and death. You brought it up last it's night. It's sports. Yeah. You know, when, when you said that, uh, yeah, when, when you were talking, I'm not sure who it was. might have been Rosie. About, uh, uh, you know, the because uh, you got that party coming up. You know, you, you, you want to, you know, all we talk about is this stuff. Or we'll watch this stuff. We'll do this stuff or whatever with the sports. You know, that, that, that that's how that's how you are. You know, that's all you care about is you want to be able to watch it or be there or. Yeah, that, right. that, that's exactly the part of it. Yeah. Um, but you know what? As far as the message, I mean, this feels like last September, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, look, look, look at everybody figured, you know, going into September, you know, they, they had these supposed easy schedule and everything, and they fell apart like, like a deck of co- like a house of cards. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it, it really feels like that now. I mean, you know, even a few days ago, everyone. Or some people get fat on some of these teams. They got Detroit, Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not sure if they're playing the Cubs, but you know they, they got uh, you know what what looks to be an easy schedule. And I well, Detroit. I mean, but but the, Detroit, Detroit. You're right because Detroit was supposed to be a part of it. How about the Nationals? They lose two out of three to the Nats. Right. They lose. Yes, they, forget the Brave series because the Braves are better. They lose two out of three to the Tigers. I mean, does it get any softer than the Nationals and Tigers? Right, theoretically that, that that's true, but yet it doesn't. It, it never seems to work that way. And you know, and, and yes, I love Steve Cohen and everything. I, I I said, you know, prior to the season or at the start of the season, I think this, this what happens this season is really going to be a big reflection on how Epler hands handles things. And and uh, if if it doesn't straighten itself out, you know, especially even up to the deadline, which is still a couple months away, if we got time. But I, uh, you you may have to look elsewhere in that direction as well. Well, so, here's what they uh, here's what they're gonna need. And as always, Eric, thank you for the call. Appreciate you taking the time to check in. The Mets are gonna need Lindor and Marte to perform at a high level, uh, along with Nimmo and Alonso. It's as simple as that. Like with the Mets, we don't have to figure things out. With the Yankees, there's a lot of different variables here. Who's coming back? When are they coming back? And then when they come back, how are they going to perform? With the Mets, it's pretty cut and dry. They are built on the first four guys in that lineup and the top two guys in that rotation. End of story. If Scherzer and Verlander don't dominate 
every fifth day, respectively. And the Mets, top of the order, Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, and Alonso don't produce. They're dead in the water. They're not that good beyond that. McNeil's fine. I mean, obviously the batting champion a year ago. He can hit. Vogelback, Canna, you know, Beatty's fine too, but but he's still a rookie. I don't know if he's going to become an impact bat this year, although, you know, they hope that he could be, and he's been pretty impressive so far. But Beatty, Alvarez, you're relying on rookies here. Now, if they get some production from those guys, then that changes the look of that lineup a little bit. Then maybe they can overcome Lindor not being at the top of his game or Marte not being at the top of his game. Although, ultimately, to win a World Series, they're going to need those four guys and Beatty or Alvarez or at least one other bat at the bottom of that order to produce on top of Scherzer, Verlander. Without Scherzer and Verlander, it's a non-starter. If Max Scherzer, if this is what he is now, the Mets are done. Done. As far as World Series go, I'm not saying they're not going to make the postseason, but without Max Scherzer being dominant, they cannot win a World Series. Antonio is calling, and forget the NL East, Antonio is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Antonio? Hey, how you doing, man? How's everything going? Good, Antonio. How are you this morning? Good, good. All right, very good. Uh, first two points real quick. Uh, first, I agree with you uh, as far as the majors and the minors, uh, especially AAA. There's a, what, you, what you can tell is, is that there's a huge, I mean, huge difference between AAA and the majors. And look at, uh, for example, Beatty. He was basically killing the, the minors in AAA. And look what, he, I mean, he's good. I mean, I think he's going to be really good. But look what he's doing here. He's not doing the same thing that he was doing down there. And the same look thing, at, you know, with look Mauricio Volpe. and Vientos. Yeah, Vol- yeah. Volpe, same thing with the Yankees. Peraza, same thing with the Yankees. So you're seeing it. You're right. There are plenty of examples in this town this year alone to show you that it's not just, hey, bring these guys up. They're going to rake you immediately. Matter of fact, Beatty's having the most success. In fact, he's the one. Exactly. He's the one that's having the most success out of, out of all of them. Um, now, real quick before I get to the Mets, I, w- I totally fell off my chair when you said that Cashman is, is a great general manager. Like, I totally – we disagree there. You know, let's just leave it like that, at that, basically. We totally well, disagree. Well, but tell me why. The, the guy, tell me like, why you don't – This is what it is. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because, first of all, the farm system of the Yankees suck. The only guy that they have developed – in the last, like, whatever, for whatever years, is judge. And then look at, for example, when you look, when you go back, and you have pointed this out previously uh, many times. You've been, you've been on point as far as this. When they basically traded for Stanton, they should have, in reality, waited for Machado or for mm-hmm. Harper, for example, in free agency, and they would have had one of those guys well, instead, of, uh, uh, instead of this guy who's in That's one. So, that, that, no, I so could go over the list of move. bad ones. We, we could go over the list of bad ones. I thought Stanton – see, to me, coming off of that 2017 year, the incredible year where they overachieved, everybody thought it was going to be a rebuild year. They get to Game 7 of the ALCS. And by the way, they haven't been as far since. They've been, obviously, to the ALCS, have not been back to Game 7. Seven. Game six was the furthest um, that they have gotten. Anyway, the Stanton move, you can look at the trades that he made in 2016 to bring in Clint Frazier and Glaber Torres. Obviously, Clint Frazier's a total bust, and Glaber Torres has not lived up to the hype. Gary Sanchez never lived up to the hype. These are big problems that the Yankees have had, not to mention Sonny Gray, not to mention you know Joey Gallo, Frankie Montas, on and on and on with the fail. You know Isaiah Conifalefa and Josh Donaldson. There have been some bad ones, and they all add up to why the Yankees have not been to a World Series or won one since 2009. However, Antonio, overall, 
I still think Brian Cashman is one of the better GMs in baseball. Now, it's time for a change, but I can't just say Brian Cashman sucks and he's awful. He, you have to look at his track record. And whether we pick apart their teams or not, they win 90-plus games and are in the playoffs every single year. Yeah, but it has to do a lot with resources that other, that other general managers don't have. He has a lot of resources. So I think that's part of it, I think, from my perspective. Look, I'm not trying to trash the guy. He's okay, but look, I don't want to get in trouble mentioning whatever they but uh, let's you know what let's just leave it at that i want to get to the match really i i think you know that as far as scherzer i think i think he's done i think as far as like i think look unless he remember this is a guy that used to be that used to throw 95 97 now he's throwing 91 92 now i'm not saying that he can't adapt he could my 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 only worry is that his mentality he's like a bulldog he's a guy that you know he believes that he can basically overcome anything and i don't know if he has that ability to basically you know adapt and become a control pitcher which is now what he has to be because he's only throwing 91 92 you know and then you know so and then also i think that the mets they really made a really bad move uh picking up the option on carrasco because this, this is what this is what it is right you have uh, Berlander, right? Great pitcher. I, I think he's going to be great. I think I really believe that. But you have two older pitchers. How how are you going to sign a 36 years old uh, and you know t- to be with those two pitchers when you need a pitcher? They needed a pitcher really to eat up in, in like uh, in, you know like innings mm-hmm. as far well, as they like you know. Well, they brought in Quintana. Uh, it was supposed yeah, to be but Quintana. He's not, he's, he's not. I think you know a guy that would have been perfect for the Mets would have been. I mean, you know, you may not think think it's true but i think like ubaldi i think he's he would have been basically a really Who? good pitcher for uh this guy ubaldi from the texas rangers i think he was with the boston rexos i think uh, evolved native Uvald- Uvald- yeah that, that wouldn't be and thank you for the call antonio that wouldn't have been a bad option uh, but he's had injury issues in the past as well you know, quintana was supposed to be a durable piece to this rotation it's amazing that the mets have already dipped as far as they have into that starting rotation depth. It is really amazing. I mean, Peterson and Tyler McGill were supposed to be number six and number seven. They started the year in the rotation. They've still had to have Jose Buto start a game, for goodness sake. And not to mention the openers or the uh, Denny, Denny Reyes starting a game. I mean, it has been, we haven't even been through, you know, uh, uh, barely a month of the season. And the Mets are diving into starters nine and ten. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But hopefully, as Quintana starts to work his way back, Verlander, Scherzer are now here. Hopefully, things start to stabilize in that rotation. Not a good start in Game 2 last night with Max Scherzer getting rocked by the Tigers. However, the rotation should stabilize a little bit. A lot of it with Scherzer and Verlander back. Scherzer, Verlander, Kodai Senga, Tyler McGill, and then eventually hope to get, you know, because Peterson was no good, obviously. Eventually hope to get Jose Quintana back. Carrasco was awful. I mean, you think about it, man. The Mets have had, it has been ugly. It has been ugly. Lucchese had a, one good start. I like their rotation now, though, with Lucchese as opposed to Carrasco. And McGill has been better. Well, you want to compare uh, Lucchese to Peterson and McGill to Carrasco, whatever. McGill... Um, and Lucchese are better back-end options than what they were going with the entire year. So if you use those two guys with Scherzer, Verlander, Kodai Senga, should stabilize that rotation and then build from there. Dave is calling from Queens. What's up, Dave? Hey, how you doing? Uh, 
Mets fan since 73. I'm 59 years old. I'm still mad that they lost to the Dodgers in uh, 88. Uh, I yeah. can go on and on. Anyway, Max, Mr. Max, he is done. Let's be honest. He's, how old is he? 39? He's not 29. He's 39, right? Right. Right. He is done. Let's be honest. The Bulldog, he's a tough guy and all that stuff. Remember when he shut the Mets out of, uh, how many years ago? And uh, what, what was that? A, a no-hitter on the Mets once, right? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Many yeah. years ago, yeah. He's he's not that pitcher anymore. Everybody should know that by now. Now look, we I love Cohen because he he ha, he he will spend the money. He's he's going to do well. He will at some point if this team goes south and he has to blow it up. I think most fans will be will back him and say, "All right, do what you got to do." Because we got old guys. We got to build our farm system again. We don't have the clutch. Well, how are you going to How are you going to blow it up though? I mean, they're building their farm system. That is one thing the Mets have not messed with is that farm system. They've kept okay. all their players and their draft. You know, they're obviously trying to rebuild it and draft and develop uh, all that, but that takes years. But they have not blown up their farm system. In what way are you saying could they blow up the team? How? Well, like nobody's going to well, take on Max Scherzer. Yeah, well, like we have to do it through trades. Uh, because at this point, I mean, we got to see what Verlander has left, and, and hopefully, I think he does have something left. But Max is on his way down. Father Time is undefeated. The Bulldog is at the end of his career. Let's be honest. And- I don't. I mean, I'm not ready to say that just yet. I mean, he'll be 39 in July. But we we saw Verlander last year at age 39 have a dominant season. He was the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, won the Cy Young. So it can happen. I'm not ready. And we saw Max last year at the beginning of the year pitch very well. He's had signs of being his old self this year. But it's just been up and down, and obviously the last two starts of last year were the devastating blows. So I'm not ready to give up just yet, but I am on. I was concerned coming into the year, and I haven't seen anything through the first month plus that would ease those concerns. If anything, it's gotten worse. Well, the, what the warning sign was when he was with the Dodgers and he couldn't pitch because he had a tied arm uh, in the playoffs a few years ago for the Dodgers. That was the beginning of the telltale sign of a, you know, of a, of a great, almost like a great fighter who's getting punched too much. Look at all these home runs he's given up. And, and when we needed well, him Well, look, the- and if that's the case, I mean, forget about next year. If that is the case, if Max Scherzer is done, obviously the Mets are not going to win a World Series this year. And it's probably no. not their year anyway with what happened with Edwin Diaz. Yeah. So they can reload next year, even if, he, even if Scherzer opts in. It's fine. I mean, they're still going to have Verlander and Scherzer, but you could, you know, they, they're going to have to get a top pitcher to replace one of them potentially. Uh, you know, and hopefully that guy is Otani. I mean, if they go get Shohei Otani, now you add a bat and an arm. I mean, that could fix two problems at once, which is why the Mets should be all in on them. And I think that they will be all in on. Them. Oh, they will. Cohen, Cohen. I believe Cohen's going to go after him, and uh, and that's you know next year. So if this year, you know, goes south, we, we still know that Cohen's going to go after the big the big pieces, but also. We still, I, I'm, I still wish we could have got Carrasco because we needed that that uh, that clutch bat that has experience in the playoffs. Because when, when we last Correa, year, you're talking about. I mean Correa. What did I say? I'm sorry. Yeah. But Carrasco, the line that's is, all right. Yeah, Carlos Correa. Correa. Right. But but the bottom line is, last year in that playoff, when they just couldn't get a hit, when they what, what was it six nothing uh, in the in the third game when we got beat by San Diego. Yeah, I mean, I don't even remember. It was just dominant, Dave, and thank you for the call. Look, they needed a bat like Correa. And people could say, well, look at Correa. He's not off to a good start. That's not the point. That dude's a money player. Game on the line, big game, Yankee Stadium, he's performing. You see him. You saw him in the playoffs for years, even this year with Minnesota against the Yankees. Big moment, he gets the job done. He did it with the Astros in the playoffs. That's the type of bat 
that the Mets needed. That no-nonsense, pressure is on, he could handle it all. And they went out and got him. Steve Cohen did what he was supposed to do as an owner. Went above and beyond, way above and beyond. The medicals didn't check out. There's nothing they could do about it. Unfortunately, he was the perfect player for him. The, the only reason why they were able to get him, by the way, was because the medicals were no good. Otherwise, the Giants would have gotten him. Anyway, he was the perfect player for him. Cohen recognized that, went out and spent and got him. But the medicals didn't check out. They didn't feel comfortable going to those lengths. Correa ended up getting a better deal, and he's in Minnesota. Nothing you could do about that. But maybe that was the first sign that this wasn't meant to be for the Mets this particular year. Again, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. It'd be hard not to make the playoffs with their payroll, with the players that they have. It's about winning the World Series. By the way, everything could change next time through the rotation. Let's say Verlander dominates his start today. And Scherzer goes out there and dominates his next start against Cincinnati. And you chalk this one up to, well, it was his first day back off of the suspension. Now he's back in a routine. The The velocity is back up. Then things can change. But without that, and I have my doubts that things will get back to that because I'm very concerned about Scherzer. Without that, the Mets can't win. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. It's been Mets and Yanks all night. Now, morning long. Tomorrow we'll do a ton of baseball. We'll react to Justin Verlander's first Mets start uh, in his career and his 2023 debut. Obviously, you know, the Yankees off day. Maybe we set up uh, the Rays series. I want to do, I want to have a couple of guests tomorrow. We're on 7 p.m. to midnight, so we get a five-hour show, uh, an open window to discuss all things New York sports. I definitely want to do a Rangers spot and recap all that happened today where Gallant was out there basically saying, I can't believe people are questioning um, whether I should be fired or not. And he's right. Like, I get it, what Gerard Gallant is talking about, where he's been one of the more successful head coaches in Rangers history in two years, and yet it's all like, well, time for a change because it was a colossal disappointment losing the series the way that they did. But... Ultimately, I'd give them another go here, and if something, if they get off to a bad start, then you make the change in season, I guess. But we'll see what the Rangers and Chris Drury do, and really, we'll learn more 
about what happens when we hear from Chris Drury, not just the Rangers and, and the head coach. By the way, quick hockey note, the Devils got spanked by the Hurricanes 5-1 in game one, and Akira Schmidt got pulled in that game. I told you he wasn't that good. This series was more about the Rangers sucking than it was the Devils being good. Devils are a nice young team, good young team, good speed, all that. The Rangers lost that series more so than the Devils won it. And you guys going nuts about Akira Schmidt like he's Marty Brodeur. He's not. If he was, he would have been the starting goaltender the entire year. Schmidt had to get pulled. Ugh, and I hate the Hurricanes. But that's the facts. Schmidt was not that good. The Rangers were just awful. And more so credit the Devils' defense in front of him. Bob is calling from Bayside. What's up, Bob? Sal, how are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you this morning? I've been watching sports for a long time, way before you were born. Mm-hmm. I want to talk, before I get to my my main Nike point, I want to talk about what year? Well, what year were you born? How long are we talking here? Well, 35 years before you were born. So, I was, well, you know that for a fact? I was born in 79. I was born at the end of 1944. Okay, yes. I saw right. Mickey Mantle's Ricky When I was seven years old, I saw Ricky Mantle's a rookie. Right. In person? No, on TV. Okay. All right. You never want to watch the Mick play in person, Bob? Come on. Of course I watched the Mick in person, but not when I was seven years old. Maybe a little bit later. Let me get to my Yankee point. Yo, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm very old-fashioned in the way I think. If a pitcher is dealing and he's in, he's in stroke, you do not come out with the hook and take him out. Marinaccio went through five, five, five batters with two strikeouts and pop-ups, and Boone came out with the hook. Can anybody tell me why? No, and Boone himself couldn't tell you why other than, and he didn't say this directly, but I've heard enough and know enough about him to assume why he was doing it. He talks about lanes. I think Aaron Boone, Bob, loves bowling because all he talks about is lanes and using certain pitchers in certain lanes, and he can't wait to do it. You know, it's because he's a data applicator and not a manager, and he wanted to get to that lane. I know, analytics, right, analytics. Well, there you go. So he wanted Clay Holmes to face Miles Straw for whatever reason. Not what his eyes are telling him with Marinaccio dealing and was probably going to mow through that inning with no problem. He couldn't wait to get to Clay Holmes, who, by the way, isn't even that good. He has been that good recently. He was great. He was great for a while last year. Let me get to my other Yankee point. You're jumping the gun, Sal. Last May 31st, you declared the Mets it was over. Now, I'm, I'm making a statement to you. On September 10th this year, the Yankees will be in first place. Wow! Wow! What is eight games? Eight games is nothing. How about four teams? Because you got eight games eight and games. four teams. Yeah. They're you know, eight, eight games behind. They're eight games behind. Eight and a half, technically. Okay. Yeah, nine in the loss. Sal, so the big counting? the big guys will be back. Stanton and Judge. Uh, Severino will be yeah, healthy. There are, there are four teams, though, in front of the Yankees, Bob. That's the issue. It's not just the games back. Like, you can look at the Mets and say, well, the Mets are five games back. Better be careful. Atlanta's hot. They could bury them, which is true. However, it's just one team. It's the Mets and Braves. That's it. The Yankees are in a tougher division. Baltimore is good. Toronto is good. Boston playing good to start the year. Sal, I said it to you last year. It's a very long season. Remember what I said to you? I'm surprised you're so confident. Last year, your 10.5-game lead evaporated. In one month, it evaporated. I remember. 
I remember. No, not one month. I mean, the Mets had a nice lead. The 10.5 lead, yes, that went away. But still, they were up a significant amount uh, the majority of the year until, of course, they weren't. They got caught in September. It's a long you believe season, in this, Sal. The yeah, you cream, believe in will, Yankee the cream team, huh? will rise to the top. Right. Willie Calhoun and IKF <laughs> and Aaron Hicks, Franchi Cordero. By the way, I, I love John Sterling's uh, call about the home run. He gives them the willies. <laughs> gives them the willies. Yeah, that's, that's not call. bad. And Jake Bowers, and thank you for the call, Bob. As always, we appreciate checking in. I mean, look at this Yankee team. Household names. Not getting any contributions from the youngsters. I mean, you know, Volpe has been getting better, but still you want more of him as they try to ease him into his big league career here. But Calhoun, Cabrera, Peraza, hey, Bowers went deep today. Jake Bowers. IKF, oof. Uh, I will say that while I think the Yankees will still make the playoffs, of course, how could you not? I mean, even if you think the Yankees are going to be bad, they always make the playoffs even even in a bad year. I'm not certain that the Yankees are going to be able to climb out of that hole in the AL East because I think the hole is going to get deeper over the next 14 days. After this stretch, I'll make my decision on that. Similar to last year, I wanted to wait Till the West Coast trip with the Mets, although I think I declared the division over right before that West Coast trip uh, because I was nudged in that direction. But it was a little different, too. I thought the Mets were better last year going in, so I thought they were going to win the division going into the year. Why wouldn't I think that they were going to win the division up 10.5 games? This year, The we know that the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Orioles are better. I know the Yankees are good, but I did not expect this to be the case. Eight and a half games back? I don't know... Now, look, there's plenty of time to make it up, but I don't know if this Yankee team is good or not yet. They were great the first part of last year. Then they were bad the second part of last year. They're probably somewhere in between. Is that good enough to catch the Rays? Is it good enough to be better than the Orioles or Blue Jays, for goodness sake? Can the Yankees get these guys back healthy? If they do, will they be able to stay healthy? There's still a lot of questions there. Pat is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Pat? Uh, yes, yeah. uh, Sal, good, uh, good evening to you. Uh, Sal, or good morning. Sal, a couple of things. First off, yeah, the Yankees are behind four teams in the division. They're one game behind the Red Sox, and they're a game and a half behind Toronto. So, uh, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> it is well, well, May no, 4th. I know, but I'm just saying they're in last place, but they are in last place. Oh, my God. You know, in in the old days when, you know, all the teams were in one uh, grouping and you're in last place, it meant something. Like when the Mets went for, what, in 1962, 40 and and, and lost 122 games. You you, you don't have to get Last place sounds, last place. They're over 500. This is the first time there are five teams in the same division over 500. So uh, ease up on the last place thing. Come well, but on. no, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to make a big deal. Of it, but a I'm just game standing. behind the Red well, no, Sox, Sal. Right, right, but One Pat, game. but Pat, Pat, who's in last place? The Yankees or the Red Sox? Sal, the Mets have a worse record than the Yankees. No, no hold Come on, it's not about the Mets. Why are you? Why are you talking about the Mets? What is wrong with you? Why are you talking about the Mets? We're talking about the Yankees. This has nothing to do with the Mets. Yes, you understand they that, right? are in the last place 
and the American okay, so that's it. On so, so what am I not supposed? So I'm not supposed to reference that. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what. Why are you so sensitive to okay. it? Okay, but when, in the old days, when you say they're the last, it's, it's not the old team, days. You would think they're one in eight teams, and you're the worst team in the league. They're not the worst team in the league. Nobody so said over. that they are. All I'm saying All is right, right now. Well, please, let, can let, I let, get on to my? No, 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 no. You you can. First, I want you to answer this. Who's the worst team right now in the American League East? The New York Yankees. Okay, that's it. Now go ahead. Get to your point. Okay. Now that that's been established for the record. Okay. Sal, uh, Matt Scherzer and um, Justin Verlander are both making the exact same amount of money, and it's more than $40 million. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this great website. Well, $43 called million Con- or whatever it is. Yeah. Yes, yes. And and as far as Scherz is concerned, he signed a three-year deal for 130 million. He's on the books for 43, three, 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 blah, blah, blah. And also yeah. for 2024, he has uh, he may opt out of his contract, which he would be uh, very foolish to do that because no one's going to give him that kind of money. So right. you have him for this year and all of and next, next year, right? And he also has full no trade protection. Not that you could be able to trade him. Uh, so, the, and as far as Verland is concerned, interesting, they make the exact same amount of money, money so nobody would get offended, I guess. Uh, Verlander has the same exact contract for two years, plus mm-hmm. there's a 2025 uh, option uh, regarding him. It's a player mm-hmm. option, and it gets triggered at $35 million if Verlander pitches 140 innings in 2024. And an independent exam determines he does not have a right arm injury that would prevent him from being on the active roster. All right, okay. So what, what's day. your point, though? Like we, My like we point all knew being that. is you're spending a hell of a lot of money for two senior citizens. That's what I'm saying. Understood. But one of them, okay. was, the AL Cy- one of them was the AL Cy Young Award winner last year yeah. and won a World Series. What, what do we always pitcher. say? It's not what you don't want to pay someone for what they did. You want to pay them for what you think they can do. Right. And, and, how, and, and how has that worked out? Proof. How how By how was that worked out? I guess Max other... was cheating, but do you see Cohen's exhibition Pat, with uh, Pat, alcohol Pat, and Robin? Pat, Pat, how was that well, worked out for other teams? Pat, why okay. why don't you listen for a second? When I'm talking, can you listen for a second, or do you need to try, try to talk over me? Okay, so you said you want to pay for what you think they're going to do. How's Carlos Rodon's contract worked out? He hasn't thrown a pitch yet. How's Luis Severino's season? contract worked out? He's making ten million dollars, which is a mere penny. How has his contract worked out? Uh, it hasn't worked out well. Because oh, got- okay. Thank you, Pat, for the call. I mean, the reason why the Mets and why if you could afford it, you do it, you invest in guys like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander is because you're paying a lot of money for pitching regardless. So why not pay for the best of the best? You pay $43 million per year, you do it on a shorter-term deal, and you get guys that you know have the best track records possible. And you hope that they can continue that for one, two, three years. To me, that's a better bet. That's a better bargain, a better risk, gamble, whatever adjective you want to use, than going out there and giving a middle-of-the-road type pitcher, middle-of-the-pack guy, $150 bucks, where... You have no idea what you're going to get, or two hundred million dollars over six, seven years, whatever it is, where you don't know what you're going to get. 
Now, obviously, there was risk with Scherzer and Verlander. Scherzer wasn't bad last year. Unfortunately, he was disappointing in the last two starts where they needed him the most. But they said he was injured. Well, if that was the case, then he better be better now. And if he is this, it's a problem. It's a gamble that will have been a miss to a certain extent. Because even if they got, you know, it was a big deal for them to sign Scherzer. The message that it sent, the direction that the organization is going in, and it did result in a 101-win season and a postseason berth. That's not something, if you were the Mets, to sneeze at because it hasn't happened often enough. So if the last two years of the contract are a failure, you live with it if you're Steve Cohen. With Verlander, it's an unknown. So far, it hasn't been good because he hasn't pitched yet. We'll find out what he could do here. But let's not make it like it's a bad gamble or a bad investment. I think it's a smart move. If you could do it, very few teams could afford to do it. We'll see, ultimately, how it works out. But the Mets season depends on it. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Delicata back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Baseball is back, and the push for the postseason is on for hockey and hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with the direct line to experience bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll continue with your calls, Mets, Yankees. One thing I did want to get into... Maybe we'll do it. Fleeks, did you hear... Well, you're not up at that. Uh, maybe you are. The morning show was taking a shot at me. Did you hear about that for um, the 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 charity flag football game that they asked me to? Were you here when we talked about that yesterday? I that did not. I saw Jerry tweet something about it, though, which I meant to ask you, and I forgot to do that. So, it's just so... Like, I don't even want to get caught up in this stuff. We had Eddie in Rockland call yesterday and ask if I was going to this charity football game, flag football game, that is taking place tonight. And I said, no, I'm not going because the, the truth is Jerry reached out to me last Monday with a text. This is Monday, April 24th. He goes, you were working the evening shift May 4th. Yes, I didn't ask you, Craig or Evan, about our charity flag football game because I assumed you were all working. Are you available that night? And I wrote, well, what time is it? I believe I am working. Yeah. Now I look at I have to look at the Yankee schedule because if the Yankees are playing, then I'm I'm not on until after the game, which maybe I could make work. If the Yankees aren't playing, then I have the you know seven to midnight on top of having SNY. And he told me this on last Monday, so it's not exactly like I had a month to ask off for it. Anyway, so I said, and that's all that he said, by the way. And then, then he said they're getting the field to 530. I was like, well, then I can't make it because I have SNY. Never said what it was for. 
Never said anything. It was a, it was an invitation, basically. So then a caller brings it up. Eddie and Rockland asked if I'm going. And I said, no, I'm not. And I explained that exact thing, saying that I didn't really know. You know, Jerry didn't really tell me all the details, but basically I'm working. And then I said, even if I were off, going to play flag football in Jersey is like, uh, that's not for me anyway. And I said, to make an appearance, sure. Now, Boomer and Geo somehow twisted that into me saying that if they paid me to go, I would go. I never said paid. I said to make an appearance, meaning if somebody asked me to go, hey, Sal, we want you to show up for this charity. You know, the station is doing something, whatever. Jerry wants me to go there. Jerry and I are like brothers. Of course I would do it if I could. I'm not going to play in the game because I don't play flag football. Softball, maybe, but I, th- those days are beyond me. Even though I'm in decent shape and I'm getting myself back in shape, I'm not, I, I don't want to play anymore. It's just not my thing. Like, it's not fun for me to go play anymore. Go to charity for a charity because somebody needs me? Absolutely. Now, what happened was somebody was listening. Gio said some uh, cop friend of his was listening and alerted to him, uh, alerted him to it. And I'm not sure why. Like, I didn't say anything wrong. All I said was, I can't go because I'm working. I didn't even get a real heads up, and I had no idea what it was for. Nobody told me. And then they go on the morning show and make it like, oh, Sal said he's not going to do it for charity, but if we paid him to go here, he'd do it. Like, give me a break, dude. And that makes me look bad on their show. Like, enough with the jokes. I get it. You, you want to have some fun, make fun of everybody for a segment. That's what we do here. But that made me look bad for no reason. When, it's, when you're talking about a charity and it's a good cause, give me advance and I'll take off and go. Clearly, they didn't care enough to have me there, which is fine, which was my exact point. And I was saying, even if I were off, I wouldn't want to go just to play football. That's my point. I don't know how that gets confused. And I'm made out to be like this guy who doesn't want to go do charity and I, you need to pay me to go there. That I didn't is- hear them talk about it, but I obviously heard the call with Eddie yesterday and I just took from it exactly what you did like i didn't when when you said appearance i didn't hear any undertones of paid appearance in that it was like no if you guys wanted me to you know show up and schmooze with a couple of fans of the station i i'd be happy to do that but it it does not work out because of your schedule because you are a host here and on sny correct there are multiple thank you fleeks i i never said paid appearance i said if you want me to make an appearance meaning if you want me to go like if somebody asked you to do something they want you to go. Hey, even the Boomer bike thing, right, that they made a big deal about. I was never asked by Boomer to participate in that. Tierney reached out to me and said, hey, they asked me to put together a team. Do you want to be on my team? And I appreciated him asking. And you know what happened with that scenario? I was asking Gio about it. He goes, dude, whatever you do, don't do it. This is the truth. He goes, whatever you do, don't do it. It's a pain in the neck. I, I wish I didn't have to go do it. You know, riding the bike and all that stuff. And then I thought about it. And I said, you know what? You're right. And I don't have any days off as it is. So I donated money to it, and I, I, I'm happy to do so. But, like, even with that, BT was like, oh, no, you got to bring your own bike. Like, I'm like, guys, you're inviting me to this. You want me to participate in it. I appreciate that. What's the setup? Like, I need to know the details. Nobody has any details. Nobody knows anything. I'm an organized, structured individual. And Jerry texting me a week, 10 days before this event with zero detail He's right. Yeah, I was working. But had you asked me a month ago, maybe I would have taken off to go down there. But the overall point was that obviously it wasn't a big enough deal. Like, 
uh, you know, I'm the overnight guy or, you know, filling on nights, whatever it is. All right, you, you don't need me down there. But if you want me to go, then ask me in enough time and I'll take off and go. But how that, and then, so then a listener cop brings it up and everybody thinks it's funny. And somebody texted me about it this morning. So I went back and listened to it because I don't want to just take word of mouth, right? You know, that, that gets lost in translation all the time. That's happened to me about other people. Oh, I heard you were saying this or that. I was like, no, no, no. You got to actually go back and listen to the show. If you didn't hear it yourself, I don't want to hear from you. Go back and listen to it and then reach out to me. So I went back and listened to it. And it sounded, to me, it was bad. Like they were making me look like somebody who's a jerk and said no to this great charity. uh, And I wouldn't want anything to do with it anyway. Like that's not funny. That to me was crossing a line. Anyway, now that we've cleared that up, let's move on with the show, shall we? 877-337-6666. Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? Good morning, Selma, man. How you doing, baby? How are you, Val? Good to hear from you. Man, I heard the first 45 minutes of the show. You know I told you. These hours you're doing now, I can't keep up with you. But I heard the first 45 minutes. I said, I got to give my man a call, bro. You all right, I Sally? Appreciate I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all good, man. Never been better. All right, all right. Yo, to get to my points, though, man, I mean, never mind them people. You know, y'all talked about it enough, so mm-hmm. you straighten them out. But to get to my points, I got two Yankee points for you. That stuff you're talking about with Cashman, as far as what he said, yo, sir, why does that feel to me like that's like a politician trying to get out in front of a story? It's almost like, you know, like he, he's feeling the tea leaves and he sees what's going on and he knows that the, 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 the waves are going to start coming and people start yelling at him and stuff like that. And to get ahead of it, He's coming out now and putting himself up as, like, the sacrificial lamb and all this kind of stuff like that. I don't want to hear that, bro. That's nonsense. You know what I'm saying? I respect. I I do know. I know exactly what you're saying, and you're right. And I do think that there's a part of it. However, I do respect that he, Brian Cashman, is accountable, and I feel like always has been. But he also knows nothing's going to change. I mean, he knows he's not going anywhere. I know. I hear you with that. But it's like it's like just him trying to, you know, stay ahead of the room and all this stuff like that. I get it. Yeah, I, think, I think you're but right. Then to, get, to get to my boom point, you know, I, and I hear what you're saying with Cashman and about what he said earlier. So it makes sense with the way you talked about it. But today, sir, yo, I mean, yeah, I got a problem with boom, bro. Is he like some kind of Manchurian candidate or something, bro? I almost feel like he like after the game and he finished with the press conference uh, or the post game press conference. He had to go back in the back room, pick up the phone, and call his handler and be like, yo, sorry, I let them win the game. It was like he was trying to do things (laughs) to make us lose. Like, you just did that a day before. You know what I mean? Like, what are you trying to do, bro? Like, we got the game. Why? Why? And even Sterling said it. Like, um, I hate to pick up on what Bob said. Bob, uh, is he from Bayside, I think? Yeah, Bob from Bayside. I was listening to the game on the Odyssey app, listening to Sterling and Susan. And you can hear even Sterling say it. He's like, here we go, two outs, and here comes Boom. Why does he do that? Everybody wants to know why is he doing these things. And, and he his, went his, his, explanation, like, his explanation made no sense. I don't understand why Boone. Did you, did you hear it? Or, or uh, Let me just read it for those because I was saying it before where there was part of it. So Boone said, with Marinaccio going yesterday, I wanted to keep him at one inning. 
Obviously, I was willing to use him for two ups there, which I don't know what the hell he means with, with two ups. Uh, you know, Again, getting him up the and up and down and then bringing him back. Yeah, right. Holmes is going to have to finish that game in the next inning anyway. I wanted to get him in there with two outs against the righty to make a better setup for going into the 10, knowing I'd had to get four outs with Holmes there. That's what went into the decision. That makes now, no sense. I don't even know what the hell now, he's talking you, about. You know why? You don't even have to read that to me or say to me. You know when that came up? You know when he came up with that? After yeah. Holmes gave up the run to tie, he was sitting down in the in the dugout, and he's like, "Oh no, I know after this game, I'm gonna have to answer this question exactly how." I'm, and he started coming up with that answer from then. This is not. He wanted so like, to get he boo. I've never seen a manager get to relievers in the middle of innings more so than Boone. Like, usually guys like to start a clean inning. Hey, get me through this one. I'll get to the next guy in the next inning. Boone, he'll get an out. He'll get two outs from another guy. He'll have him cross over. You know, he'll he'll get he'll finish the sixth and then get two outs in the seventh, and then he'll go to another reliever. Like, he can't wait because he's I mean, looking at this as lanes. He's a data applicator that's looking at the lanes that the Yankees data staff tells him, hey, this guy should be against this part of the order. That's how he Sal, manages the game. Sal, Sal, I'm begging for forgiveness. I don't know if you remember, but before the season started, we were talking about all this stuff with baseball, and I actually made the moronic statement of saying that Boone was going to be some kind of X factor for us as a team this season. My man, I said it before, and I'm saying it again. I'm going to keep saying it. Please forgive me for doing that. I take that back. He is like, it's like my dad used to say sometimes, you know, like we had a cousin, and the dude was like, you know, he was so, so quiet. And every time he opened his mouth, you'd understand why he was so quiet. And my father used to say that all the time. Like, sometimes you don't really know how stupid or how foolish somebody is until they actually open their mouth and they start speaking. Sometimes it's just good. Like, I swear, like, now it's like he's trying to put his hands on stuff. And it's now when he's making the moves. And the same thing that I said, I said, maybe now this season he'll have some cojones. He'll actually, like, try to, you know, put his hamper on the team. And now him putting his hamper is showing me why maybe you even need to be a dad. I don't even you think. on your own. I don't I don't even think it's that Val and thank you for the call as always we appreciate listening and taking time to call. I don't even I think Boone just hasn't gotten better and he hasn't changed. For me I'd rather I don't think he's making these decisions on his own. I think he's going based off of what the entire analytics department tells him, which is what he wanted, which is why he got hired. Brian Cashman wanted that. They want a manager that is going to listen to the numbers which is why they fired Girardi, and which is why they bring in Boone. Now, obviously, Boone, a different guy, way less ornery, uh, you know, nicer guy, maybe more of a player's manager, a guy who's going to work with the front office. I'm not knocking all those things, but a guy who's certainly going to listen to the lineups that the front office wants to throw out there and also listen to how he should manage the bullpen. And the lanes, he keeps talking about these lanes for years. Oh, we liked him in that lane there. Oh, this is a lane. You know, whatever. Miles Straw was part of Clay Holmes' lane. Well, this is his lane. I got to get him in there. Forget what your eyes are telling you. Watching Marinaccio deal. One out away from getting through the inning clean. Like, move on. There's no need to go to another reliever there. It used to be you go to a reliever when your pitcher gets knocked out. You know, back then it was the starter. Well, the starter doesn't have it anymore. He got knocked out. Let's go to the next best guy. Let's get our reliever in. Now it's like, hey, look at this lane. This lane is good for this reliever. Let's go with him. And it doesn't work. That's a big part of the reason, I really believe this, why the Yankees have not had success 
in recent years as far as getting to or winning a World Series since 2009. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.